You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. everybody and welcome to the health hub i'm kathy biasa your host and along with alex diaz our producer we welcome you to the show this morning good morning alex good morning kathy how are you doing keeping well keeping well that's good we are uh, recording the show today so no opportunity for call in but as always you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca you can find us on Facebook at the Health Hub Radio Maria, Twitter at Kathy underscore Biasse, and we are new to Instagram at the Health Hub RMC. So do follow us. We put a lot of interesting things up there surrounding our shows and tidbits of health information, and we appreciate we appreciate the followers. We have a great show today, Alex. Um, it's you know in my practice, the topic of dieting and food comes up obviously quite a bit because I work with with, uh, mainly cancer patients and nutrition. And what I have seen in my practice a lot is food as a weapon, food as something either to be eliminated or to be restricted or to be implemented. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, women have a body image outside of uh, the cancer patients I deal with. I think maybe you can speak to this as well, that women have been encumbered with particular body images throughout the years from going to the voluptuous to the very slim and I find that it affects women far more than men. Are you of the same inclination? I would have to agree. I think there's a lot more pressure on women to look a certain way. I mean, for us guys, we do tend to, well, I, I do what I can to look after myself in terms of my appearance and everything. But for me, there isn't too much additional pressure out there. I'm able to kind of dictate on my own terms how I want to mm-hmm. appear and how I want to be portrayed in a sense in terms of um, developing my own sense of style. Your own sense of style but, is not imposed but, but, upon you. Yeah, exactly. And so what you were saying, girls, when they grow up, they're always pressured into looking a certain way. And I think yeah. it kind of takes away from their individuality as well. It does. And 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 in the realm of what I do as nutrition, it, it affects their health and their diet. And getting back to dealing with cancer patients um, and, and people that may have um, a disease, food is often something to be feared. And it, it, it bothers me. You know, my approach is not, you know, unless it's a necessary thing to do, is to be more inclusive and, and educate people on the value of good food as opposed to impinging upon them 
dietary restrictions and pulling out. Of course, there's always different situations and different people and different individuals. We have to do different things. But it, it bothered me to the point so much after I saw one one client in particular that I, I wrote a blog about it and it was called The Forgotten Function of Food. And, and one of the big functions of food is enjoyment. And that's what I was writing about. And that's definitely my own perspective. Mm-hmm. But um, because this is such an issue... I, we brought a specialist onto the show today named Marsha Hudnall. And Marsha is the president and co-owner of Green Mountain at Fox Run. A registered dietitian, uh, sorry, a registered dietitian nutritionist, Marsha has been a voice of reason and a thought leader for the last three decades in helping women to move away from restrictive notions of food and health so that they can better adopt a sustainable approach to eating well. And she has spent her career working to help women give up dieting rules and to understand how to truly take care of themselves through mindful eating and living. Her mission is to help women to learn to enjoy eating without worrying about health and weight. And she encourages women to embrace their love of food. And since 1986, Marsha has been a part of Green Mountain at Fox Run, the Vermont women's retreat that pioneered the non-diet approach to health and healthy weights. An accomplished writer, she has written hundreds of articles for popular magazines, newsletters, and professional journals, and has worked extensively on a national basis to produce, circulate, and pamphlets, to produce and circulate pamphlets to educate the public about nutrition and about the impact of dieting and the diet mentality on eating behaviors, including binge eating and emotional eating. Long active with several national uh, professional associations, Marsha recently stepped down from the board of the Binge Eating Disorder Association in order to serve as the president of the Center for Mindful Eating. When we get back, we are going to meet with Marsha and get into this very important topic. And um, I do hope you stay with us and we'll be back in a few minutes. Shines with the promise, Emmanuel. One child born in the stillness, living within us, Emmanuel. We're singing.
glory Let there be peace Let it start in me Let there be peace Let it start in me You are listening to Radio Maria Canada We now continue with the program The Health Hub Hosted by Kathy Biasi Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub. Today's show is being recorded, so no opportunity to call in. Again, you can reach us on Instagram at The Health Hub RMC, at Twitter at Kathy underscore Biasse. You can also find us on Facebook. And if you have any uh, questions that you'd like us to direct to our guest, or if you'd like more information on her, you can email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. So without further ado, Marcia, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kathy. I'm I'm really pleased to be here. I, I love your topic, your take on uh, food. It's all about enjoyment. Yeah, and you know, it's it's not. I I find, and and maybe you can speak to this, that it is not the common theme anymore. Um, food has has turned maybe into a bit, as I said, a bit of a weapon, something to be feared. And I think we're missing a huge. A huge component of what food does. What what brought you into this? I don't know line of business. Your work um, at at your 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 company. How did you get involved? Well, actually, I think um, how I got involved kind of just reinforces what you were just saying about food turning into a, a weapon for so many people. I actually um, was a um, uh, a, a rounder young uh, child who grew up in a very thin family. And from my earliest um, recollections, I was always very self-conscious about my weight. Um, and I'm I'm pretty old now. I'm in my 60s. <laughs> and so, you know, even back then, uh, this issue of, of body size was just a... Um, really big issue for women and and girls. Anyway, um, so I developed a pretty uh, distorted body image as a young person, and I began dieting in, in uh, my teen years, and that ended up um, with me developing an eating disorder. I uh, became a binge eater, and then I actually became bulimic. And uh, my journey has been... Um, away from that, both personally and, and professionally, when um, I actually um, recovered from my eating disorder um, by learning how to eat. I, I um, actually developed, uh, started a relationship with a Frenchman who taught me how to eat again instead of diet. And it was really all about... Um, eating well, and that included enjoying what I was eating, and that it wasn't about calories and all those sorts of things. So I was able to move out of that eating disorder, and um, I became a dietitian to really help myself. And um, during that, that journey, I ended up um, becoming connected with Green Mountain at Fox Run, I, I'd like to talk about how I was, um, I had actually gone into communications. I um, am a writer more than anything else. And um, I was working down in New York in public relations. 
and got Green Mountain as an account. And I came up here to to go through the program so I could learn better how to promote it. And I, because I had had my own experience with dieting and, and all the negative aspects that came out of that, I uh, saw I knew what I was looking at when I saw Green Mountain in its non-diet approach. And so I was very attracted to the principles of it, and I also became very attracted to the son of the owner, and we got married. And here I am, 30-something years later, um, very involved uh, with uh, keeping this program running for women who um, have been, you know, on much the same journey that I have. I was on, uh, not necessarily into eating disorders, but certainly with the chronic dieting. And just that very unhealthy relationship with food and body that you you um, talked about a, a second ago, it's, it's really become something of a, an epidemic in today's world. It, it has, um, and it's it, almost like diets are a belief system now, as opposed to a form of enjoyment. Yeah. yeah, you know, so many people, too, say, you know, diets don't work, I don't diet anymore, but when you talk to them, you hear that restrictive voice. So you do know that even though they're not calling it diets, they're still restricting. They're still following those diet rules that very much interfere with their ability to feed themselves in a way that truly does support their well-being. And, and you know, people are very um, adamant, very strong, even without saying that they're a paleo or they're a ketogenic or, you know, the Internet has its wonderful advantages, and then it has its disadvantages. And as I said, I deal with a lot of cancer patients. And when I move to a more inclusive diet, especially when um, caregivers or the patients themselves have been so restrictive in their diet, and there is a need, as I said, it's not, it's not cut and dried, but there's so, when I say include things like this into your diet, they look at me like, well, that's that's not, that can't be good. You know, the big thing for me is fruit. Um, it's unbelievable the amount of people that won't eat fruit because of the sugar. So mm-hmm. how how do you how do you break through those mindsets? Or maybe stepping back even, when does a person, a woman, because you deal only with women, is that correct? Right. right. Okay, and not children. And, and the reason. The reason for that is um, when when Green Mountain was first founded, um, our our founder, who's my mother-in-law, also registered dietitian, um, had uh, recognized that women were sort of the gatekeeper of of the family's you know eating habits, and so she focused on women. And at that time, it really was more of a women's issue in terms of eating and weight than than anyone than than children or or men. Although that's definitely become a bigger issue for all of us now. Well, you did mention, and it it hadn't really dawned on me until you brought it to light uh, before we were talking, uh, before we started the show, that the women um, set the example for the children. So if... Absolutely. Yeah, and if, if, if you can get into the heads of the moms, that can only positively affect the children. So... Um, it didn't. I didn't actually take a look at that angle quite as closely until you mentioned that, and it it is so very true. Um, so, at what point then would a, a woman or a mom need to come and see you? What is that breaking point where they say, "I need help"? It's generally when they feel like they have uh, really reached the bottom. Uh, they have tried 
all the diets, all the different ways of eating, and they are truly lost about how to feed themselves. And it also gets into, spills over into movement, you know, physical activity, because physical activity has become so connected to um, the whole calories in, calories out formula that we know is so too simplistic when we're, when we're talking about um, people managing their health and um, and their weight and um, and also just the issues of stress management because really when when people talk about you know an epidemic of, of obesity which I don't really like that term at all but you know you hear it a lot. Uh, we tend to say there's an epidemic of stress and it gets taken out on our eating patterns. That's how it sort of gets um, it gets uh, played out. And um, because people are so lost when it comes to really how to feed themselves well, um, you know, you end up a lot of, with a lot of distorted uh, eating, a lot of uh, disordered eating that really does not um, do a person well. It doesn't serve them well. And that's really what mindful eating is, is really offers a person to, to um, a way out of that, um, that rule-based type of, of eating. Um, and really starting to listen to your body and let your body guide you because we were we we evolved as humans, you know, with uh, survival mechanisms that um, guide us in 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 giving ourselves what we need. And uh, we just uh, diets have made us not listen to that anymore. They've taught us not to listen to ourselves, not to trust ourselves. Well, Marcia. Letting your body guide you, that there's something that, you know, is a red flag for a lot of women out there. Maybe not a red flag, but from from where I stand and from what we've just, you know, briefly talked about so far, letting your body guide you, truly letting your body guide you, will then make women have to have women, this will be a necessity for women, to understand that their bodies may end up at a weight and a look that doesn't conform to their ideal image. And that's got to be a tough bridge to broach. It is a, it is a very tough bridge to broach. Um, you know, in light of what you were talking about in, in your introduction here. And that's why at the same time, the work of, of body uh, acceptance really needs to be going on because if you're still tied to an image that is unrealistic for your body, then you're going to continue to struggle. Um, so it really is about acceptance and um, there's a huge body positivity movement going on right now. And at Green Mountain, we, we completely support that. However, we think that that terminology might be somewhat unrealistic for a lot of women. And so we really support the idea of body neutrality. And what that means is to really stop beating yourself up and just try to be in a very neutral place about your body. You may not be able to stand in front of a mirror and say, you know, I love my belly or I love my thighs or whatever it is that 
you obsess about, but you can stop saying, I hate that. And that has a very um, significant impact on our thinking, on our behaviors, and on how we feel because we're moving away from that negativity. And, and you know, our, our mind and how we think has so much power that we often don't recognize the power that it has in, in driving our behavior. So if we can start to move away from that negative self-talk, that negativity, we can find ourselves moving forward. We don't have to, you know, go all the way to positivity. If you can, that's wonderful. But if you can't, you can be happy in neutrality. So I, at your facility, are you working um, with the psychology of all of this as well as then introducing a positive way to eat? So you're working in tandem on these two areas? Very much so. Our, our retreat is a um, it's, it's an integrated approach of, of psychology, nutrition, and, and, and really not so much nutrition per se as eating behavior and um, in stress management and physical activity. So it's really taking um, the ideas of how we eat, how we move, and how we live and uh, integrating them in uh, a way that really um, helps a woman find enjoyment in her life (laughs) and pleasure in her life instead of struggle. And, you know, the constant back and forth and the worries about what I'm eating and what, you know, what I weigh and whether I did my exercise today, and, you know, all these things that really end up adding more stress to our life. So is it the overall stress that, that you're concerned about? I mean, diets have been around for a long, long time. And, you know, people play with them. They come in and out. They achieve their goals. They fall back on their goals. And I guess this is, you know, in the area of yo-yo dieting. But in your, you know, in your mindset, what is the problem with restrictive eating or diets? I think it is. It is the stress. And there's physical stress that comes out of it in terms of not meeting the body's needs. And there's psychological stress that comes out of it in terms of, you know, not really uh, being able to do what you think you should be able to do and also not getting any enjoyment out of what you're doing if you are, you know, in those times when you are are doing what you, you think you're doing or at least you're not getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. And um, what that ends up with, I think, if you can really boil it down to, you know, picture a woman who has kids at home, has a busy job, you know, has all these pressures, all these things that women do in their lives, and then you add this on top of it. And it is so fundamental to well-being, eating well. And it interferes with our ability to do that. So we really are undermining ourselves. We've lost uh, the enjoyment. We've lost that right. aspect of food. Right, we've lost the enjoyment, and we've just made it a very stressful, unpleasant experience. Um, the that, kitchen, the um, kitchen becomes a battleground, I guess. It's, it does. Yeah. It does. Uh, and yeah, you know, when you talk from an evolutionary perspective, again, 
um, we are meant to enjoy food mm-hmm. because that keeps us eating it. And again, food is really fundamental to our survival. That's we, a great point. That, that's a that's a, a really good point. I've never looked at it that way. You know, I hear I hear lots of people say fundamentally, and you know, as we evolve, we eat meat, we don't eat meat, this, that, and the other. I've never heard somebody say, you know, fundamentally we uh, evolve because of our enjoyment of food. So that's a great way to end this first segment. When we come back, we're going to get deeper into what you do when you're working with your your clients and uh, continue on this great topic, which I find is, is so very important. So we'll be back after a few minutes.
Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Marsha Hudnell. She is the president and co-owner of Green Mountain at Fox Run. It's a very interesting topic that we have today. We're talking about mindful eating. And uh, before the end of the show, we were were talking about dieting and so forth. But now I think what we want to talk about is getting really down into what what you do and what you're trying to propose, Marsha. And maybe I'll start with asking you, in your estimation, what a positive association with food is looks like? Well, I like to say that that healthy eating, and, 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 and that's what I think a positive relationship with food really results in, um, is it's, a, it's about enjoying yourself while you're, you're actually eating, and then enjoying yourself after you're finished, too, so that it feels good in the moment, but then afterwards... You feel good too, and so you're you're definitely um, have met your body's needs for both, you know, nutrients as well as as the satisfaction, the enjoyment, the pleasure that we get from food. But then you go on with your life after that meal or snack, and you're not worrying about it. You're not rethinking what you ate. You feel good. You have the energy to to go through your activities until you get hungry again and then you eat again. So it's actually somewhat simple in describe, when I describe it that way, given people's attitudes and fears about food, it's not so simple anymore. It's not. You know, what, what if someone comes to you as a vegetarian or as a vegan, are they allowed to engage your services if they have a preset diet? Absolutely. What we would work with them on is for them to um, 
understand the reasons for their preset diet. Um, we're not there to dictate what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. Um, what we're really there to do is to try to help people get their bodies back into balance and learn how to listen so they can say, you know what, I eat vegan because it really makes me feel good. And I also have a thing against, you know, eating animal foods. And that's perfectly legitimate. Um, but if you say, well, I'm eating vegan because I'm trying to lose weight, and then you understand that it's not helping you, then, you know, I think we've, we've done some good work there to help that realization. Um, so it really is not about dictating anything. It's about helping a person discover what's right for them. Do you have people change their diets after meeting with you? Absolutely. They do. Because so many people do things in, in the quest for weight loss, and then they begin to understand that that's really a misguided direction for them. And, you know, really when we talk to people about uh, beginning to eat what they want in a way that, that truly supports their well-being, it truly makes them feel well and that they don't need to have all these restrictions, um, there is such a relief. You can just see it on the faces when you start that discussion. There's fear, too, because, you know, it's, it's a very, um, it feels like, oh, what, what will happen if I go out of control here? But that's um, just part of the process. And what's so great about Green Mountain is that they can practice this approach in a um, controlled environment. So they're not sitting at home with, you know, the pint of, or the half gallon of ice cream sitting in their freezer. They're, they're in a controlled environment that we have intentionally designed to help them get through these fears. So you're not about setting up meal plans and, and diets. You're about working with, you're, you're coming to where they're at and trying to get into the mind of why they're there. Right, right. And we also know that, you know, if you just say, oh, go eat what you want, you know, and figure it out, that uh, a lot of women, again, are so lost in terms of their eating that that doesn't serve them well either. So we give, um, you know, for, for women who are in that place, we, we do provide gentle structure. And it's primarily around the timing of meals. You know, feed yourself every, we generally say every three to five hours if you're not really in touch with your, your hunger cues. And also the balance in what you're eating. Make sure that you're getting some protein, some, some fats, and some carbohydrates throughout the day so that um, you are supporting your body's ability to give you accurate cues. So obviously lifestyle is something you also work with within, within the uh, retreat. Right. And, you know, part of that is physical activity, and, and it's not about burning calories at all. In fact, we believe that that really, um, you know, it just makes exercise something that you really hate, you don't want to do. It's about connecting uh, with how good it can make you feel. And and physical activity or movement, whatever you want to call it, because exercise is kind of a dirty word, um, is really about um, it helps you get back in touch with your body. If you are, you know, so many people live up in their heads when it comes to 
food and, and eating. They, they're really not connected with the rest of their body. That may sound strange, but they don't, they don't know their cues. They don't know when they're hungry. They don't know when they're satisfied, when they've had enough food to eat. Um, the only times that they often know when they're hungry is when they're starving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we seem to have lost those cues. enough is when they're really overly full. As a child, you have those those cues. You know, when you're full, you yeah, stop eating. Yeah, with those. Yeah, and we've right. lost that over over the over the span of our lives. Now, I want to flip the, the the coin here a bit. Do you take people that, um, uh, for health reasons, have been put on a restrictive diet and help them deal with that? You know, someone who has, you know, maybe has had diabetes uh, later on in life, and they are now encumbered with a whole different diet. Would you would that be within the realm of what you do is to take them in and to try and get them into the right mindset of eating for their health? Absolutely, but it's really no different than what I was talking about because it, if you a person with diabetes, um, their body can give them signals when they're well. You know, the issue with diabetes is is really t- when they eat too many carbohydrates and. Um, when a person begins to understand how they feel as a result of doing that, then um, they can connect it very easily, saying, you know what, if I overeat this, then I'm not going to feel good afterwards. And so it's much easier then to make the decision whether I really want to do it or not, as opposed to... You know, the typical idea, I can't have that. And then that just sets up this, you know, desire for it, this increased desire. So we really talk about that, changing that language from I can't have to I don't want. Mm -hmm. And then connecting that I don't want to really uh, making it based on how food makes me feel. So whether it's diabetes or whether it's a food sensitivity or an allergy or, um, you know, any of those types of, of health issues that, that um, food plays a role in, um, if it is a true, true, you know, food has a true impact on it, your body's going to tell you that. Mm-hmm. You just need to learn how to listen to it. So back with reconnecting, that's that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. Do you do you talk to because as you know as you mentioned earlier you you talk you have a lot of moms uh, that come to see you does incorporating the family into cooking uh, preparing meals does that become a part of how you encourage people to get back to a positive association with food? Well, ideally, you know, we do cooking classes and and those sorts of things. Um, so ideally. I think everyone would know how to prepare a meal for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I'm not sure that it's absolutely critical for well-being. Um, you take a high-powered executive woman who's traveling all the time and, you know, work, 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 work. You know, there's problems with that, too. But um, just the fact that she needs to have you know, meals prepared for her uh, more often than not. I wouldn't say is the critical element in that that lifestyle that would create problems for her. Okay. And so, so giving, giving um, tips and, and cues. Wonderful. 
to people who Pardon? travel, giving tips and, and ideas in the in the life situation is becomes an important part then of developing this. Exactly. Like, so like you said, you work within the lifestyle of the busy executive or the stay-at-home mom. So it's not a one-size-fits-all approach that you take. Not at all. Not at all. That just doesn't work. <laughs> you know, there are too many other things going on in our lives. that, And it can't be, you know, food is um, fundamental, but it can't be the sole focus of our attention. And unfortunately, that's what's happened for so many people who've gotten involved in all the diet rules and clean eating and all that. So it, it, it takes up so much time and energy that they often have really not a lot left over for the other things that they want to do in their lives. Does dieting and approaches to food always center on weight loss? Or do people follow different diets for other reasons? Do you see other reasons than weight loss that women will come to see you? Health. Health. You know, again, weight is 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 a, a driving factor for so many people or, or worries about it. But as when they get older, what we see is that that um, priority of what I weigh starts to shift to uh, my health. And, you know, as we get older, we're more vulnerable to developing things like diabetes or orthopedic issues or, or different things like that that really interfere with our quality of life. And so those start to take priority. So it's often, I mean, our focus at Green Mountain is actually to try to help women um, really put weight issues on the back burner and to just really look at um, how they feel in, in, um, in the interest of improving health. And um, that's not uh, too hard of a sale when people are um, experiencing health issues. So... Um, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, you did. You did. You know, it's it's a tough thing for women, um, and you and I are both one of them. You know, you age is one thing. Most of us don't feel like the number that's associated with our age. But having children, hormones, job changes, not moving around so much. Women, I think, far more than men are experience body image changes to quite an extent um, over our lifetime. And, and that, psychologically, that's a tough one to, to handle. And, you know, you, it may not be that you have a, a, this association with food because you necessarily want to lose weight. You know, your, your, your weight can stay the same, but your body shape changes. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's yeah. a real tough, you know, and, and I've experienced that. I have four kids. I had one child by cesarean. And there's nothing more as far as body image that I crave than a flat stomach, truth mm-hmm. be told. And, you know, it's it, most times, I, you know, it's, it's like a trophy for having four healthy kids. And I, I understand that. But sometimes it's, you know, you wish these things and, you know, this wish can can get out of hand. And mm-hmm. it's not just about the losing weight. Do you see that a lot? when you have women come in, like they're not happy with the way they look, even though their weight may be within the right range? Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, and that, you know, boils down to that, what we were talking about earlier, that that um, 
critical, that negative self-talk. Um, we may not be happy with everything, but the issue is to not beat ourselves up about it. And what that can help us do is really um, more easily discover um, po positive things, constructive things that we might do to help ourselves. Um, but if we're mired in hating something, then that's that's sort of it's we get stuck there, you know. And and what we do might end up being um, really a reaction to that, and not be particularly helpful. For example, uh, if I um, don't like my stomach, and then I say, well, I'm going to start doing. I don't know, whatever exercise that, you know, they say it's going to help strengthen your, your core or whatever. But you do it in a, in a way that's out of, uh, of self-loathing more than um, making myself feel better. It's not something that you're going to stay with generally um, long term. And you can just get caught up in this cycle of, of really hating instead of really doing something for yourself. Well, you're you're constantly bashing up against body images and and the internet and and radio and TV. So it's 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 unending, I imagine, for you. And it's it must be, you know, I, I'm sure you have had lots and lots of successes. And I'd love to hear some of your greatest or what you feel have been the greatest successes. You know, it's um it's encouraging for people. I think, you know. Um, I think all women in one way or another or at one period of time or another wish that they were, you know, had a better body shape or could lose a bit of weight or, and, you know, can you, can you explain some of the successes that you've had when people have come in, you know, pretty down on themselves and then you've been able to turn them around? Well, I think number one is that it's important to, understand that we do in this society uh, you know with the expectations about how we should look um, it's it's really completely understandable to want to look like that you know to, to meet the societal ideal and and that's a it's, it's about having compassion for the struggle and um, that really that really helps us again, um, get out of the struggle uh, when we allow um, that, you know, this is real. It's not something I'm making up in my head. And then we're better, you know, prepared or, or more easily find a way out of it for ourselves. And some of the, some of the examples might be uh, we have women of all shapes and sizes who come to Green Mountain. Um, and you can one of the ones that I'm thinking about right now is a very large woman who really her life was just in it was destroyed by her her distress over her weight and um, for various reasons that include genetics because genetics really take up about I mean make up about sixty to seventy percent of her body weight. She was meant to be a large woman, and, and that's not going to change, but she has embraced that and gone on to live her life. And I recently saw on Facebook that she was in Greece this summer, 
you know, enjoying with her two sons this trip, and she was at a beach, and she was having fun instead of, you know, sitting at home and um, isolating herself, and that's what you see a lot, um, Mm -hmm. which just really exacerbates the problem. You know, when you're isolating and you have a problem with food, you're usually sitting there eating more mm-hmm. of it, you know, in a way to, in an attempt to soothe yourself. So that's one example. Another example would be a, um, a woman who came to us when she was about 18 years old, and she was, um, had been dieting, um, and, and she's now in her 40s, um, and we've stayed in touch with her all this time. She'd been dieting, and she probably was, you know, a good um, 50 pounds or so above what you would consider or with her natural weight. Mm -hmm. And um, what she learned from us completely uh, changed the course of her life as a result. Um, She quit her struggle with food. She has gone on to be um, very successful and she has two beautiful uh, daughters who you can present them with strawberries or strawberry ice cream as a choice. And, you know, 50% of the time they'll choose the strawberries instead of the strawberry ice cream. She's raised these two girls who don't have issues around food. Well, that's so and, important. You know, that's so important as a mother of two daughters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is so important. So when people let's let's get um, we have a couple of minutes left in the show, Marsha. I want people to get a bit of an understanding of how um, sessions with you or retreats. Do people come and stay with you? Do you do phone consults? Uh, how long are your protocols? Can you explain um, in general how that works? It is a residential program. Uh, we are a, a retreat set up over um a golf course in um, southern Vermont, and um, it's a very serene um, environment where women can really um, spend time focused on themselves and away from the busyness of the world. It's a beautiful environment. And uh, we have one, two, three, and four-week programs. Um, well, pro- the program actually is a four-week program, but you can do it a week at a time, and it's set up so if you only have a week to come, you can get the basics and go home, and we've had lots of success stories of of women who can only come for a week, and they go home to do very well, or if you need more time immersed in a very supportive environment, uh, we've got a program for that, too. We also have a clinic, a therapeutic clinic, that is um, designed to help women who deal with emotional and binge eating. Um, So we have psychologists who specialize in that area. And in fact, one of our our executive director who opened our clinic is really one of the leading experts in binge eating disorder in the the U.S. Um, So... That has been a tremendous addition to our program. We just opened that two years ago um, because so many women, as a result of the struggle with um, eating and weight throughout their um, lifetimes, have have developed a real problem with binge and emotional eating. Yeah, it's... uh... Probably 50% of the women who come to us take advantage of the services at the clinic. 
That's fabulous. It's something that I really want uh, women to to know about that there are these services. There would be nothing better than to foster a, go back to fostering a positive relationship with food and and you and um, your company are doing great strides in helping that. We'd like to end off the show with a tip of the day, Marcia. Could you present something to our listeners? Well, I would just say enjoy what you eat, but do it mindfully. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and, a few words, and that's that's very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. Because that's going to, you know, that mindfulness part of it is really going to help you do it in a way that that is true enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Simple words, sometimes very hard to implement, but Marsha and her company are here to help you. You can find Marsha on Green Mountain's website, which is www.fitwoman.com, which features her writings on, on her blog called A Weight Lifted. You can also reach her on Twitter at Marsha Hudnall, so that's M-A-R-S-H-A-H-U-D-N-A-L-L, and on Green Mountain at Fox Run's Facebook page. You can also email Marsha directly at Marsha at FitWoman.com. Such an important subject, such uh, a topic that is close to my heart. I thank you so much for being with us today, Marsha, and we will, uh, we will talk to everybody next week. have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.